Hello, and welcome to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. This week, Pastor Kenny taught from Joel, helping us get familiar with the Mosaic Covenant language and the phrase, the day of the Lord. When we understand these concepts, Joel becomes a message of good news. Hello, Remembrance Community Church, friends, family, and neighbors. Let's open to the book of Joel. Now, Joel is an Old Testament prophet. He's found in the Bible in a section called the Minor Prophets. There's 12 Minor Prophets, and they're minor in in volume, not in value. What that means is their works, their letters are short. Joel is just three short chapters, but they're not minor in value. The contribution that Joel gives is immense. It's beautiful. It's great. So I'm excited to dig into this with you. We think that Joel is probably writing um, a season or two after Israel gets um, exiled to Babylon for 70 years, and they're in oppressive uh, captivity. And after seven years, they're able to enter back into their homeland. And we we read in Nehemiah, Nehemiah helps the people rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And then Ezra helps the people rebuild the temple, which is their place of worship. And and then things start to get, get better. The economy starts to be booming and people's sense of normalcy kind of gets re-engaged and they kind of get in a groove with life. But here's a lesson that we need to learn. Sometimes when, when things are going good, as humans, we have a tendency to get too comfortable and ignore God and maybe even drift away. Matter of fact, Many of us, when things are bad, that's when we cry out to God. But when things start going good, we need to remember, like, that's a time to engage with God, too. Matter of fact, uh, Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 8 gives a warning like this. He says, when things are going good and, and, and you're prospering, don't get prideful and think that it's all you, and then forget God and fall away. But it seems that's exactly what Israel has done. Things are going good, and their hearts and their minds and their thoughts and their lives have drifted away from the Lord. And so Joel is writing this letter. National disaster has struck the land. There's a locust plague that's come in and wiped out everything. It's disrupted their daily lives. It's disrupted their economy, and it's disrupted their sense of normalcy. Sound familiar? And so Joel's message is inviting the people of God to turn their hearts back to God. And for us in this season, COVID-19, many of us don't want to waste the time, and we want to use this time to either re-engage in our relationship with God or or engage even more in our relationship with God. We want to grow in our relationship with God. I know some of you resonate with that. And so this is a great book for us to be studying. And now here's the thing. Joel is not very familiar in modern Christianity. Matter of fact, I think if we polled most Christians Many of them have either never read Joel, they've never heard much teaching about Joel. They probably heard or mentioned about him when you look at the book of Acts and Pentecost. There's a quote 
a, a prophecy from Joel, but that's about all that they know. And, and honestly, this makes sense because it's really old. It's written a long time ago. It's prophetic and it's poetic. And the translation is it can feel abstract and, and hard to read. I think that when you read it with our modern eyes, it kind of can feel dark and harsh. Uh, one person said, it feels very Old Testament-y, right? And I think what they meant is, like, where's the good news in all of this? But it is totally there. But here's the thing. When we dig back into this ancient book that's been translated from Hebrew to, to Greek and then to, to English, we need to realize that that we might need to put on some lenses that help us understand the context. I, I kind of think of it like if you go to Universal Studios and you go on the tour. Have you ever done that? Me too. When you go on the tour at Universal Studios, one of the sections that you go through is they, you drive into this tunnel. And then it's this surround 3D movie and it's with King Kong. And here's the thing, it, 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 it shakes the track and, and, and cold air and hot air sprays at you and water squirts and all your senses are engaged. And, and it's the surround uh, screen, but you have to have your 3D glasses on. So I'm the, I'm the nerdy guy who enjoys taking off your glasses in the middle of the movie just to see what it's like. You take off your glasses and all of a sudden everything gets blurry and and abstract and hard, hard, to, hard to relate to. And then you put your 3D glasses on, and once again it comes into focus, and, and you're able to understand that you're in the middle of an intense and radical story. I think in a way, that's what Joel is like. Somehow we need to put on biblical glasses that we can read a, a Joel through, and understand it. And specifically, you need to understand a bit about covenant language. Moses described God's covenant language in Deuteronomy, and Joel is speaking this language. Joel is speaking in covenant language, so we need to understand at least a basic level of that. And then he uses this phrase that's in the Bible called the day of the Lord. And he uses it as a theme that he builds off. So we need to understand covenant language and a little bit about what is the day of the Lord. And then the good news of Joel starts to make sense. So that's our goal today. I want to help you understand a little bit more of this covenant language from Moses and this phrase, the day of the Lord. So let's dig in. What is God's covenant? A formal definition of God's covenant could be an oath-bound relationship between two or more parties. An oath-bound relationship between two or more parties. And so this is code for, it has to do with the relationship between God and us, His people, a covenant. And God gives a description of this covenant in Deuteronomy 7.9. He says this, he says, Know that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations, which is Jewish for forever. 
with those who love him and keep his commands. So Israel's God, Yahweh, is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. Scott McKnight defines God's covenant like this. He says, it's a rugged commitment. A rugged commitment. You can't tear God away from loving his people and keeping his loyal covenant commitment. And and this is what we need to understand in order to understand Joel. (laughs) Moses gives in Deuteronomy 28, he gives the terms for God's covenant. We've been looking at this a little bit uh, in the last few weeks, but I just want to dig in again because it's so important. And the terms for God's covenant, the reason why Moses is writing this, he wants us to clearly know and understand where our standing is in the relationship with God. Is our relationship with God healthy and thriving and, and, and good? Or are there relationship issues between God and His people? It might help to think of a marriage. A marriage is a type of covenant. And here's what I've found with, with, with marriage counseling. Couple comes in, clearly they, they need help. They, they, they have issues. But the wife usually has a clearer idea of how messed up it, things are. The wife understands that there's problems. She feels it. She knows it. And she usually has a better understanding of why. Now, dudes, husbands, not every time, but a lot of times a husband comes in and they have no idea what's going on. They're just distracted from other things, or they're, or they're just not engaged with how bad it has gotten. And what is often needed in this marriage counseling is someone to help with the communication, to understand or to help the couple understand what's going on, where's the disconnect, And how do we move forward in a better way? Marriage counseling. Covenant counseling. And this is what covenant language is all about. God has communicated with us through the scriptures ways that we can better understand the condition of our hearts and the condition of our relationship with Him. And some ways that we can know how to improve that. And the basic structure in the Bible of improving our relationship with God, it follows this kind of pattern. We need to recognize the issue, that there is an issue. We need to repent, turn back to God. And then God meets us with reconciliation. He heals the relationship and binds it back together. Recognize that there is some distance that is formed in your relationship with God. Repent, turn back to Him with all of your heart and reconcile, have the relationship restored. And so look what Moses says in Deuteronomy 30 in the first few verses. He says, when all these things happen to you, the blessings and curses I have set before you, that's your opportunity to recognize. When these things happen, recognize there's issues. And then you come to your senses, and you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey Him with all your heart and all your soul. 
This is a repentance. You turn back to God. Then he will restore your fortunes. Reconciliation. He'll have compassion on you and gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. He'll bring you back. It's recognizing that there's issues, repenting of your part, and allowing God to restore you. This is covenant language. And so when we put these glasses on, these covenant language glasses, and we look into Joel 1, and we see in Joel 1 to hear this, you elders, listen, all you inhabitants of the land. He's saying, recognize something is going on that you need to pay attention to. And then he goes on to describe that there's locusts in the land and destruction in the land. Now, Moses had clearly let them know when you see these things, these are the signs that you need to turn back to God. These are covenant language signs calling out to you saying, There's, things have gotten messy. Come back. Turn to God. And then we see in Joel 1.5, it says, it says, wake up, you drunkards. So there, and then he lists a bunch of, 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 of more disrupt, dis, disruptive signs that are screaming, covenant gone bad. Turn back. And then in Joel 1.13, he calls out to the priests and all of the people. Turn your hearts back to God. Repent. Cry out to the Lord. And this is all covenant language. Joel is using covenant language to let his peop- God's people know there's issues in your relationship with God that you need to deal with. And the way to deal with that is to go back to him and, re- and get reconciled through him. Let him heal you. He wants you back. Covenant language. You see, then we get to Joel 1.15. And he says, For the day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord is near. What is the day of the Lord? That's a question we need to figure out if we're going to understand what he's talking about. So the day of the Lord is a phrase that's often used in the Bible throughout the scriptures. It's a concept That's from Genesis to Revelation. And the prophets talk about it as the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is this. It's a day when God confronts evil. It involves God defeating the enemies of God. And it also always involves God delivering the people of God. He confronts evil. He deals with the enemy and he delivers his people. The day of the Lord. And the phrase developed out of Exodus during the time of uh, of their fleeing from Egypt. In that story, we know God confronts Pharaoh, who represents evil. He confronts evil in the name of Pharaoh. And then God defeats Israel's enemy. They pursue them through the Red Sea, and it closes up on them. And Israel is... Now delivered, God delivers the people, the day of the Lord. After this exile, the people of Israel begin to sing this song called the Song of Deliverance. And in that, they refer to this moment as the day, the day. The day is still celebrated annually, and we call it Passover, the day. It involved 
remembrance of that day when God delivered them. But it also meant a hope for a future day when God would once again confront evil and defeat their enemies and deliver them to freedom. And there were two symbols always involved with this. A Messiah that would come and and be a savior. And the kingdom of God that would finally be established once and for all. So when you see Jesus in his ministry, people often came up to Jesus and asked him, are you the Messiah? And people often came up and asked him, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? They're speaking this language. I know the day of the Lord is coming when the Messiah comes and he delivers us and wipes away evil and restores the kingdom of God. Is that now coming? It's the day of the Lord. And so people look forward to the day of the Lord. But let's look at what Joel wrote in Joel 1.15. He says, Woe because of that day, for the day of the Lord is near and will come as a devastation from the Almighty. So they would have heard this as a disconnect from what they were expecting the day of the Lord to be about and a disconnect from what, what God is actually doing with the day of the Lord. See, as people, I think we often expect God to confront evil. We want him to confront evil, the evil out there. God, deal with the evil out there, the bad guys. Deal with the bad guys. Confront evil, the bad guys. Defeat our enemies out there. Rescue us from them. We want the day of the Lord. Rescue us from them. But Joel is revealing something profound. That the evil is not just out there. It's not a story of you being and me being the good guys. And out there is the bad guys. This evil has infected all of us. We need rescue from something greater than just the external circumstances that surround us. We need to be rescued from within. We need God to deal with the evil in our own hearts and our minds and our lives. Intro, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord represents God confronting evil and God delivering us from our enemies and God delivering us to freedom. If you want to learn more about the day of the Lord, the Bible Project on YouTube, Bible Project, and they have a a six-minute video on the day of the Lord, and it's excellent. I would would encourage you to, to look into that. But the day of the Lord represents God confronting evil and delivering his people freedom. And as New Testament believers, we believe that Jesus has come, died on a cross to to deal with evil. He's defeated it. He's defeated death and to deliver us, his people, the freedom from sin, the day of the Lord. And Joel is speaking this language. He's prophetically speaking to the people of his time. 
And it prophetically speaks to us still today that evil exists. We all know. And we need God. We need God to deal with it. And he's dealt with it on the cross. And he's going to come back. And he's going to eradicate it for all time. We should all be praying that God would eradicate COVID-19. I'm praying that. But beyond that, there's a day, the day of the Lord. It's coming when he'll wipe away every tear and all the pain. And, and it's a day to look forward to, the day of the Lord. And how can we apply this today, Remembrance Community Church? First, we can apply this covenant language. When we see and we lament over the evil in the world, I mean, it's, just watch the news or, or, or watch your Facebook feed or just, just be a human for about five minutes and we quickly realize this world is messed up. It's so bad. feels like it's getting worse. What do we do with that? When we see and we lament over the evil in the world, the covenant language cries out to us, turn all of that to God. When we feel the evil in our own hearts, turn back to God. Let's let this be an invite now and forever to turn to God with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our souls. This is the message that Joel is bringing. Turn back to God. And second, Share this news with others. Look what he says in, in, if we jump into chapter 2 and verse 1, some new content. Listen to what Joel says. He goes, Blow the horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the residents of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Again, it's prophetic, and it's, it's poetic, and it screams the language of the covenant. I want to read to you something from Ezekiel 33 that Joel would have already known and that Joel is referencing. Ezekiel, another prophet, said, Son of man, speak to your people and tell them, Suppose I bring the sword against a land, and the people of that land select a man from among them. Appoint him as their watchman. A watchman is somebody that would sit in a, in, a, in a tall tower and watch out on the land. And if they saw any, any enemy coming or anything coming, that their job was to warn the people, it's coming, get ready. And suppose he sees the sword coming against the land and he blows his ram's horn, however that sounds, to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the sound of the ram's horn, but ignores the warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his death will be his own fault. So what is Ezekiel saying? He's saying, here's a watchman. His job is to stand up in the tower and watch out. And if any danger is coming, he's supposed to blow the ram's horn and warn the people. And then his job is done. Once he warns the people, the people have to make their own choice. Are they going to heed the warning and respond appropriately? Or are they going to ignore it? 
If they ignore it, it's on them. But if the watchman doesn't blow his horn and warn the people, then he hasn't done his job. Joel is crying out to us, blow the horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountains. Let all the residents of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. This is code for Christians. Tell everybody about Jesus. Tell them that the day of the Lord is coming. It's a day that for Christians should be exciting. But it's also a day that should be sobering. Because people need to get right with God. And we are supposed to tell them. Blowing the ram's horn is is code for share the gospel. So I want to leave you with this. Church, let's tell everybody about Jesus. And then let's trust God with the results. But let's tell everybody about Jesus. Let's do it with gentleness and respect like Peter reminds us. But let's tell everybody about Jesus. Thank you for listening to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. You can find all our sermons online at remembrancecommunity.org forward slash sermons. Thank you for listening.